808 in the morning. I'm your host today, Jesse Strauss. Law enforcement in this country kills approximately 1,200 people every single year, and yet the names of many are never said or known except to their families and friends. What's more, law enforcement agencies and other state actors harm our community in a myriad of ways that also go unnoticed, like profiling, sexually assaulting, and wrongfully incarcerating our people. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So every week on Lawn Disorder, we do a roundup of news related to state violence. We hope this segment will serve to expose, agitate, and build. This is the State Terror Roundup for the week of November 7th, 2022. The city of Vallejo has announced that Vallejo Police Chief Shawnee Williams has resigned after three years. Williams apparently had intended to be one of the good guys by making choices to create some amount of culture of police accountability in a variety of circumstances, including the decision to fire Officer Jarrett Tan in regard to the 2020 police killing of Sean Monterosa. A report quotes Sean's sister, Ashley Monterosa, who we've had on this show, as saying, quote, It took a long time for us to trust the chief, and then to get this news today was disheartening. Williams' resignation comes after the Vallejo Police Chief Association, their union, and their attorneys held a news conference declaring they had no confidence in the chief and blamed him for low morale, attrition, and the rise of crime due to an understaffed force. Williams' resignation shows some of the limitations of what could be possible within our police system and how little room there really is for well-intentioned accountability in the face of powerful and violent police officer unions. Source, ABC7 News. A Hawaii Circuit Court judge has ruled that the Hawaii State Department of Public Safety must release the names of prison and jail inmates who die in state custody an order that moves the department a step closer to the long-standing policies of other states. To be clear, prior to this ruling, the Hawaiian prison system had no requirement to say who died in their custody, and they defended that rule with the argument about health care privacy. The new ruling from Circuit Court Judge John Tanaki not only requires the release of the names of people who die in prison custody, but also requires the release of autopsy reports that state cause of death. No one should die while in prison. And as long as they do, we must be equipped to say their names. Source, the Honolulu Civil Beat. The federal government is reviewing internal practices regarding the return of migrants' property amid reports from migrants who said their passports, birth certificates, and other personal documents were confiscated and not returned by Border Patrol. The Department of Homeland Security confirmed the review when asked to respond to accounts from migrants who told 60 Minutes that U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials along the U.S.-Mexico border kept their documents despite agency policy instructing agents to return migrants' personal property unless they are fraudulent. Most of the migrants interviewed by 60 Minutes said Border Patrol did not follow these policies. During a recent check-in appointment at the ICE office in Manhattan, one person interviewed on 60 Minutes said she was told their documents were still in Texas when she asked about their whereabouts. She said her one-year-old daughter's vaccination has been delayed since they no longer have records showing what shots she has received and when. She also said that she was told her family's documents would be returned in immigration court, but she does not think she'll see them again. Quote, I haven't heard anyone say they got their documents back. Unquote. Source, CBS. In even more upsetting news on U.S. border policy, NBC has reported that the Biden administration is considering holding Haitian refugees 
caught trying to reach the U.S. by sea at the notorious Guantanamo Bay prison in Cuba, or potentially bring them to a different country entirely as they await asylum hearings in the U.S. The proposed policy in some ways mirrors our federal government's quote, remain in Mexico program. Although in this case, of course, we're swapping Mexico for one of the world's most notorious prisons, Guantanamo Bay. We'll take a deep dive into this Biden administration policy proposal on next Monday's show, 8 a.m. here on KPFA. Sitawa Nantambu Jama, a California prisoner who was one of the leaders of the 2011 and 2013 California prisoner hunger strikes, which demanded basic human rights and a limit to solitary confinement terms, as well as an agreement to end racial hostilities amongst prisoners, is back on hunger strike. As a warning, the information I currently have may not be up to date this week as information from inside prisons is inconsistently available. Satawa began his current hunger strike on September 29th and began refusing medication on approximately October 4th in protest of the cruel and improper treatment he has received since he was returned to prison for medical parole in August of 2021. Most recently, medical staff at CHCF Stockton has refused doctor-ordered treatment and have taken other actions that directly jeopardize his safety and health. Satawa has been incarcerated for more than 40 years and spent more than 30 years in security housing units, also known as solitary confinement, for reasons that ultimately were found to be invalid. You can learn more about his hunger strike and demands in a letter from his lawyer published last week by the San Francisco Bayview. Following our coverage from last week on this show about the civil trial against former Santa Clara County Sheriff Lori Smith, a jury has found the former sheriff guilty on all counts. The former sheriff was on trial for accusations of corruption and willful misconduct filed by a grand jury last year, which alleged that Smith illicitly steered concealed carry weapons permits to donors and supporters, undermined state gift reporting laws, and stifled a civilian auditor's probe into a high-profile jail injury case. The final count of willful misconduct accused Smith of withholding information from a county law enforcement monitor's probe into the case of former jail inmate Andrew Hogan, who in 2018 severely injured himself in a jail transport van during a psychiatric emergency and whose family later received a $10 million county settlement. Lori Smith had been sheriff in Santa Clara County since 1998 and was once considered among the county's most popular politicians, but more recently became a magnet for charges of corruption and mismanagement. After the guilty verdict was read, Smith could be seen wiping away tears, and at one point, a man working with her defense team grabbed tissues to give to her. The Santa Clara County District Attorney has said that criminal charges could follow this civil suit. Lori Smith is no longer a successful incarcerator, and for that, Law and Disorder says, good riddance. Source, the Mercury News. This has been the State Terror Roundup for the week of November 7th. Our State Terror Roundup soundtrack is provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who has been a force in the Bay Area's hip-hop and soul scene since the early 90s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com, and her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org.